Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Face Boy. With us, with me at home, is Calvin Williams doing the tech. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Go ahead. I was saying, I was saying, happy to be here. Glad to do it. Yes, yes, I really like working with you. It is uh, it is the 4th of July. This show is live, unless, of course, you're listening to it after it's been archived. But uh, I really like doing live shows. I like being topical. And um, what we're go- I want to lead this show with, a, um, with uh, excerpts of a speech by Frederick Douglass, written by Fred- Frederick Douglass and read by a number of his descendants. If you don't know who Frederick Douglass is, go back to your schools and bitch slap your teachers. And then uh, educate yourself. <laughs> Very important man in American history. Not just black history, American history. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, and I was not taught about Frederick Douglass in school. That was that was my uh, independent research. Ah, I see. I so I guess I have to go back to my old schools, bitch slap my teachers for that. <laughs> Make fun of my social studies teachers in uh, both uh, junior high and high school uh, were were cognizant enough to. Uh, have him as a part of the curriculum and so I am grateful for that so uh, let's give the uh, speech a listen shall we yes Do I look there or there? Okay. Okay. My name is Alexa Ann Watson, and I am the great, great, great granddaughter of Frederick. Frederick Douglass is my great, great, great. I am the great, great, great granddaughter of Frederick Douglass. I am the great, 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 great grandchild. I've been counting on my fingers since I was like five. Whenever you're ready, here we go. This is the Fourth of July. It is the birthday of your national independence and of your political freedom. Fellow citizens, I shall not presume to dwell at length on the associations that cluster about this day. The simple story of it is that 76 years ago, the people of this country were British subjects. Oppression makes a wise man mad. Your fathers were wise men, and if they did not go mad, they became restive under this treatment. With brave men, there's always a remedy for oppression. They succeeded, and today you reap the fruits of their success. The freedom gained is yours, 
and you, therefore, may properly celebrate this anniversary. Fellow citizens, pardon me. Allow me to ask why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I, or those I represent to do, with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? I am not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. Fellow citizens, above your national tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license. Your national greatness, swelling vanity. Your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciations of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence. Your shouts of liberty and equality. Hollow mockery. Your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings. When all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of these United States at this very hour. Allow me to say in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. The following are some of the thoughts. Uh, this of speech the was written almost were reading. 170 years ago, but. There are, I mean, this part of it is still extremely relevant, especially with today's protests. I think that when people are oppressed, they feel silenced. And if someone feels silenced, they get angry. There are certain tactics that you need to use to get people to really hear your voice. And it's not always going to be just like a very calm discussion. I think he's mostly talking to the people who are already on his side, but believe that 
um, they can still try to talk this out or that things are still justifiable. I know a lot of people at the time were saying, and people now are still saying that it's not as bad as it could be. While the 4th of July probably does not feel the same to me as it does to others, I wouldn't say that it has no meaning because it is the time when America as a country became free from another country. Um, but I would say that it's not the time in which I gained my freedom. He had a lot of hope, especially for his age. And like, I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm only 20 years old, but I'm, I'm exhausted. Like I'm, I have these thoughts like, will we ever really get to this point? Or is this really something that we should actually spend our time fighting for? Somebody once said that pessimism is a tool of white oppression, and I think that's true. I think in many ways we are still um, slaves to the notion that it will never get better. But I think that there is hope, um, and I think it's important that we celebrate black joy and black life, and we remember that change is possible, change is probable, um, and that there's hope. So absolutely beautifully spoken by Frederick Douglass's descendants. And <laughs> Frederick Douglass could have made this speech yesterday. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. That's, you know, that's what what makes it feel so incredibly. I use this word again, topical. With every, with all the progress that has been made, there's so much that hasn't, and, like, dare I say, in some ways, worse. And just just hearing those words and how they ring true today is is disheartening and another thing that was disheartening like listening to um um his descendants speak um the one young man 20 years old he was like there was so um frederick Douglass had so much hope uh in his voice i'm only 20 years old and i'm exhausted yeah, that 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 struck me. That struck me hard as well. Like I'm 35. I'm I'm I find myself somewhere in the middle. Like I do hold that hope, but not a whole lot. Like the exhaustion and just kind of going through years of kind of just stuffing uh, stuffing all my feelings down of everything that's been happening and everything that continues to happen I mean it it wears on you but you have to do what you have to do to get through the day you know and it I think with George Floyd so many people who like me just we're just trying to get through the day and just trying to hold it together couldn't take it anymore and 
like Martin Luther King once said, um, uh, the riot is, I, I got to preface it here because I don't remember the exact phrase, but ri uh, riots are the uh, language of the unheard. There we go. Hmm. Happy belated, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> what did you do for your birthday? Um, I, uh, mom and I uh, ordered uh, barbecue from uh, Dinosaur, and like a good eighty dollars worth of barbecue, and it every single <laughs> morsel of it was amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, mine was uh, was in May, and it was me and mom, uh, but. Also, I had a show that day, and so I was with you, and I was with Lucas in a certain sense. So that was that was awesome. That was good. Um, yeah. So Fourth of July, um, I it's not something I really celebrate, but you know, taking care of my mom, I do want to do special things for her. So I did put together like a very traditional. I got I got hot dogs. Um, but I got these really fancy, expensive ones from a place called Lifetime, and they're made in Brooklyn, and they don't have any crap in them at all. Nice. Man, the shit they put in hot dogs. Oh, my God. It's you know, the, 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 the government limits the amount of insect parts that are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the fact that they have a set number that is not zero. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> This is how much shit can wind up in your hot dog. <laughs> this is how much shit you can put in on purpose. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I, oh, I, I'm just remembering when when I grew up, uh, there was a, a guy in the neighborhood. He had his hot dog cart at uh, Washington Square Park. It, it was John John the Hot Dog Mon. And all the kids loved him because he would give us free hot dogs, but only the dogs, not the buns. Ah. I found out years later that, that the company he worked for, they only counted the buns. They didn't count the dogs. So that's how he could steal from the company. <laughs> <laughs> So he wasn't giving any of his shit away. He right. was fucking stealing from a company in a very clever way. That's he would, awesome. And he would make it sound fancy. He'd go, I'll give you an El Plano. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but yeah, the kids loved him. Kids loved him. Um, yeah, so 4th of July, it's... So I got her the hot dogs, and I got some... Uh, some uh, I got some corn on the cob. I got Ooh, all the nice. toppings, the sauerkraut. I didn't get fancy sauerkraut because, please, it's fucking cabbage. <laughs> exactly. How, I don't how get, fancy I don't, can you get, honestly, with sauerkraut? They they get fancy. The place, Lifetime, the only sauerkrauts they have were fancy. And it was all like $7 a jar and up. And I'm like, come on, man. This is like fucking $3 for a 16-ounce package. So I didn't get the sauerkraut there. I went somewhere else for that. And uh, potato salad. You know? Nice. Made her happy. And Yeah. And the, the fireworks uh, can be viewed pretty well on my roof. So my brother and his, my niece and a friend of my niece, uh, 
uh, and sister in law are going to go up to my roof, and we're going to try to get mom up there too. So you know, uh, in in that regard, I, I I will I'll do something nice for mom, and and I'll go with family to watch fireworks. But in terms of can I fully embrace the idea that this was an independence for all of America? No, I can't because it wasn't, and it isn't. Even to this day. Even to this day. <laughs> but it is a, a time. And, you know, uh, it, I, I'm hoping that uh, being more serious this past month isn't losing listeners. But if it is, I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can do what I want with this show. And I am I have been deeply, deeply uh, affected. I have strong feelings about what has gone on. And there are there are very serious feelings, and that's what's going to be reflected on the show. It doesn't mean that we won't have some laughs every now and then. We will. I do have a correction to make from last week. The uh, NYPD settlement total for 2019 was uh, just shy of 69 million million, not the 332 million. They're out there. I'm guessing that that number is something I read that was probably a five-year total because that would be in keeping with something around 69 million. But I, have, I don't know where I got that number from. Usually I'm good. And especially someone like me for getting 69. I mean, please, <laughs> that's just, just, how does that happen? How does that happen? When, but, uh, but all my other numbers were correct for, uh, for last week. So just wanted to mention that. And I want to I want to bring up something that uh, is very unpopular amongst my liberal friends, and uh, that is and it is it is because I'm seeing the protests, at least in my neighborhood, being done so correctly, and I'll get into that in a moment. But it reminds me of how poorly Occupy Wall Street uh, was run. I I. I believe that economic iniquity is one of the greatest scourges on humanity since the dawn of trade, but I don't think that the people of Occupy Wall Street accomplished a damn thing. I really don't. And a lot of my friends disagree with me. They said, well, they, they opened up conversations that weren't opened up before, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But what changed? Yeah, opened up conversations. What did the conversations accomplish? I don't like the way the protesters of Occupy Wall Street approach their protesting. You know, we had we had uh, we had some we had some rioting here in New York. I think the rioters were kind of separate from the protesters. I can't be sure about that, but that's what I believe. Um, I. And and the uh, Occupy Wall Street, it was sustained that way. It was constantly um, them attacking police, police attacking back, police on their worst behavior, but often pushed to their limits. And there were absolutely no demands that were made at any point that I can think of. I saw a lot of people banging on drums, eating pizza, 
eating lots of pizza, which also, you know, what, what you, what, in any organization, any movement, what your, everything you do is going to be, uh, you're leading by example. And I'm sorry, the, the nutritional value of eating pizza all the fucking time is terrible. I thought that in itself sent a wrong, a bad message. It cost the, mon- the city and many cities millions and millions of dollars and nothing got done. Now, here's what I saw. Uh, do you have thoughts on that? I, I remember going to um, Zuccotti Park to uh, kind of witness for myself everything that was going on. And it was pretty clear to me that whatever the impetus was, the the end goal was not being accomplished in the least bit. Like, the one memory that I have very clearly was walking by a guy that was, like, throwing around, like, throwing around, like, red beads, like the beads you kind of see at, like, Mardi Gras. And I caught one of the beads. I looked at the beads. Fucking said Budweiser on it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, well, this is a shit show. <laughs> Budweiser is what made me leave the commercial industry. I, I was, uh, I, I, I did, I acted in some commercials. Uh, I had a, a very good agent and, and the money was excellent i there was one commercial i did for ups and my pay turned out to be a thousand dollars an hour because it was a 12 hour shift and i made twelve thousand dollars in residuals so thousand dollars an hour and pretty damn good yeah but the last commercial i did was for budweiser and it aired it had a big airing it aired uh game seven of the 2001 world series which everyone in new york and a lot of people were watching this was when we were recovering from 9 11 and baseball became you know a lot of people were just pinning all their hopes on the new york yankees because they just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and here it was game seven um uh and um on this commercial and and i was like no, this is not. Yeah, I drink, but I don't want to use my talents to promote alcohol. I don't want to use my talents to promote anything in the commercial industry. I'm out. I'm out. Oh man, this show is going fast. It's 23 minutes in already. Can you believe oh, that? And uh, <laughs> I know I was in the middle of something, but uh, what was it? Oh yeah. The, the way these protests are being organized. Now, what I saw twice, I saw um, a, a group of the po- protesters the, were led by a group of people on bicycles, and the bicycles were used in a line to block traffic mm. so that the protesters could go safely through. And they had bull horns, you know, saying, hey, folks, you know, you just got to wait a few minutes. We have a protest coming through. And, uh, and uh, you know, there was, there was, there was some, some, some patient, patient New Yorkers. There's always going to be some impatient New Yorkers. But I love that a protest, which part of the arm of it is saying defund the police, is not relying on police for crowd control. I fucking love that they did it themselves. Mm. They, they, we don't need you. We don't fucking need you. We can do this. It was great. They, they basically um, 
made the point themselves that uh to against i mean for defunding the police i know like community organizing is oftentimes all you really need for like simple things like that and it sounds like they absolutely nailed it during that protest holy shit they did holy fuck they did yeah it's they knew exactly where they needed to be the the advanced people and and it and really they weren't that far ahead of the march so it was like the minimal amount of time the minimal amount of disruption for people in their cars and vehicles and trucks and stuff trying to get through whereas that's not what you see when the NYPD is doing it you know it's just overload it's you know you're you're held up for a half an hour in instead of in this case about uh 10 15 minutes mm-hmm. for everything to pass through uh, half an hour. You're held up for more than that for uh, sometimes hours. Right. They did it. They did it better than the police. They did it better than the police. See, things like that make me think about how, like, we as uh, people living in the city, like, really need to engage our communities more often. So, uh, so, like, small, like. Not major things, but, well, first off, being aware of things going on in the neighborhood. Like, we live so insularly in the city now. Like, we keep so much to ourselves. We barely know our own neighbors. And when things start to get bad, we have trouble coming together because we don't fucking know one another. So community engagement i think is one of the things that will help the city as a whole move forward in um rolling back the role of police and and yeah that's 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 mainly what i was getting at and we can like each community can define their own roles for how things need to be, uh, how things should be run, like in term, like even engaging like our local politicians, like our assemblymen, our state senators. Like we need to engage more with them, so we can begin to like build up these communities even more. Yes, yeah. I was going to save this little bit for the end of the show, but it just naturally goes into it. Why do we need to go to the police for permits for gatherings? Why do we need to go to the police for permits for protests? Or why do we need to go to the police for permits for uh, 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 sound permits? Why aren't these decisions made by the communities where the gatherings and the marches are being held? Right. That makes so much more sense. It just seems like a waste of police resources. And yeah. that, and things like that give um uh give more credence to um giving more money to um to the police where that money could be used elsewhere in the community. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there there are there are Every neighborhood has some sort of community board. 
Right. I think. Am I wrong? To my knowledge, community boards still do exist. Um, I've been living in this neighborhood basically my entire life. I know zero about the community board, so I so I have. But it exists. Just as, uh, uh, just as much myself to blame as uh, <laughs> countless other people in neighborhoods all across the city. So community boards, yes, community boards definitely still do exist, and. Like, even during, like, local elections, the community boards have, like, different ordinances that they want to enact that the community has an opportunity to vote for. I'm pretty sure, like, up until about six, seven years, well, like, at least six years ago, like, I was not up on, like, anything community-related. But when I when I began to, like take voting more seriously i looked at my uh, voting ballot and saw the <clears throat> excuse me saw the different um ordinances that were uh that were up to up for vote and i was like wow there's so much more that i was not aware of like i thought it was just like local politician like local politicians and even even with that i didn't pay too much attention i was like oh vote for this guy vote for this guy here you go <laughs> mm-hmm so we definitely definitely more than anything else as new yorkers we need to pay attention to um lo- um um local politician local politics decisions made on the micro level like we usually vote for matters of the macro level like the high the higher end stuff um voting for a president voting for your senators you're a congressman, uh, you're a congresspeople, um, but your assemblymen, your your uh, state senators, they're the ones that are really helping make the decisions up in Albany. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to try to make this point again. Who is more likely to be affected by uh, amplified sound? Who is going to be more likely to know what hours amplified sound or large gatherings or small gatherings or whatever is is going to affect the community the police who don't fucking live there right or the community boards the the community the i mean it's obvious to me that you know that that billion dollars that they want to slash from the nypd i say make it five billion (laughs) 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 but take that money you know, take the responsibilities of these things uh, and the, take that money and give it give it to the community board and give them the responsibility to, to review these things and, and to say, you know, what is reasonable for these things to occur in their neighborhoods. It just fucking makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Like, strengthening the communities strengthens cities. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Art Star Scene Radio a.k.a. a safe space radio. Either way, it's ASS radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like what you're hearing or if you just support the idea of freeform radio, um, especially freeform radio on the Internet, which is not hampered by any FCC guidelines, uh, we can say whatever the fuck we want. Um, Fucking right. 
we we need we need some help here. the The studio has been closed for months and months, and we rely on income from people who record there, and that money isn't coming in. We had our drive to five. We turned five years old in May. We were trying to raise twenty five thousand dollars, and once we were on track to do it, and then coronavirus hit and the money started stopped coming in we understand people were scared people wanted to hold on to what they had they didn't know what's going to happen well you know folks are coming out of it now so you're going to have a i hope we're coming out of it <laughs> jesus christ yeah. Fifty-two thousand cases yesterday but in new york state we, we we were new york tough we were smart we were unified we were all of those things that uh, our governor who made some missteps i will admit but uh, all, all those things that our governor uh, asked us to do, we did. And we went from being the epicenter to now, like, well on the road to recovery. So, folks, um, if you are breathing a little easier and you're saying, oh, maybe I have some extra money, give to Radio Free Brooklyn. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash support. Your, your donations are tax deductible. So, you know, you're going to get going to get some of that shit back it makes sense to give us some money um and i still am putting on hold asking for sponsorships for this show uh what did i say i'm, I'm gonna wait until new york enters phase four then i'm gonna go after you for your money for this show but right now i'd rather see it go to go to radio free brooklyn or so many other so many other causes it's uh you know just think about it you know if you're, if you thought you were going to lose everything and you didn't, well, and then maybe not make it that dire. <laughs> if it seems that you're you're doing okay, if you have some extra, uh, think about you know passing that around. We greatly appreciate your support. Yes, we do. So, um, have you had any like? I'm going to call it lockdown realizations. Shit that that has that that you that was like boom, just light bulb that you might not have had if you didn't have all this time to think. I don't feel like I'm quite that person to answer the person to answer that question because before all this happened, I worked from home and basically the only time I went out was to do my show, and that was that was really about it. Um, I mean, just the, well, is that going to change? Um, I, I've been doing my show from home since, uh, since March. I not a hundred percent comfortable returning to the studio just yet. I'm still no, what I what I mean is, because uh, uh, I'm very similar. I I even before that, spent a lot of time by myself, a great deal of time by myself. Mm. I was not. I didn't go to a lot of parties. I didn't. I didn't do a lot of socializing. And when this is over, when we have a vaccine or whatever is the benchmark to say we can do this stuff safely again. I am going to do it differently. I am going to see more of my old friends. I am going to try to make new friends. I am going to go to to more shows. I am going to go to more parties. That is going to change. How about how about you? How about you? Um, for me, yeah, I'm I'm feeling very much the same way. 
um like i would i wouldn't go out too much but like i would see friends from time to time like well it's funny this was going to be the year that i was going to like get over a lot of my social uh social anxieties and phobias and try to go out to more see more shows because like i used to go like go out to concerts like almost every weekend like 10 11 years ago mm-hmm. like i was i was like i was kind of like that the uh the so the social music butterfly like i didn't really date too much or anything like that but like going out to see music uh meeting people during the shows chatting with musicians like that was my thing but uh, life kind of gets to you and like all of that started to fall to the wayside and i found myself in the last couple of years really missing that and so i was going to mm-hmm. start doing that more this year but that kind <laughs> That that obviously all went to pot. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna go grab my phone, which has been charging. Because if Lucas calls in, it's gonna be within the next few minutes. And why don't you tell folks about your show when you can hear it, what it's about, and I'll be right back. Okay, all right. So yes, my show. I, we've been we've been uh, talking so much about the uh, topics at hand and like so many um, serious topics. I constantly forget to talk about my own show. It's called Lush Vibes Radio. It comes on Tuesday evenings from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. It's two hours of what I like to call the airy, atmospheric, ambient side of all the genres you love and all the genres you didn't know you loved. So I play all different genres of music that um, all tie together by a, a certain a certain vibe or certain sound texture. So... I get to really run the gamut and explore um, all different uh, genres of music, all different feelings, all different emotions, and it's a lot of fun and it's super chill. It's a really, a really great show for that time of the night, when whether you need to uh, chill out or you're on your graveyard shift or you're studying. Uh, that's that's a show that uh, can uh, keep you calm during those uh, those times. <laughs> Do you archive? Yes. Um, all um, all of my episodes are archived. Uh, you can go to readyfreebrooklyn.com slash lushvibesradio to uh, listen to the 88 episodes that, uh, that are up in the archive. Uh, episode 89 will be in the archives tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quickly approaching my 100th episode. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I'm at 255, and I really didn't do anything special for 250. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, now i got to wait till 300? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine, whatever. I think we had Scooter Pie on, and she's always great. So she's, she's a celebration <laughs> just herself. <laughs> I've, I've not had the pleasure of meeting Scooter. She's awesome. She's awesome. And uh, next week, I believe we're going to have Sarah Elizabeth. And um, hopefully we'll be doing it with you. Yep. I'll um, be. I'll be good. I'm pretty sure I'll be around. Also, uh, I really like working so with you. Likewise. This, these are always fantastic episodes. <laughs> like, Last week I thought was great. I couldn't wait to, to um, archive it. Um, 
and uh, and I listened to some of it, and it was it was like what I thought it was, <laughs> you know, angry, informative, fun. Like, and I'm I'm super grateful to to be a part of this platform and this station t- that we can be able to be angry and be informative in the way that we can be like even even my show like the the entire month of june was was part uh, part anger part protest part information and part hope and so uh being able to run those gamuts of emotion that i was feeling last month was re- was really great and i'm extremely grateful to have had the opportunity to express all of those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned this last week, but it bears repeating. I really want to be part of this, these protests. I really do. Um, but I have to treat my, I have to, everything I do has to be as if I was a frail 87 year old and that does not include going into big crowds right now. So at least I have this where I can, I can praise how, how the protests are working, where I can, where I can encourage all of those who who are not coming into contact with the elderly or the frail to take part in this, wear a mask, and all of that. Right. Where you know I I can I can say I have seen it, and it is being done right. It's being done peacefully. It's being done in ways that I haven't. And I, again, I, I grew up Greenwich Village, 1965. My earliest memories are protests of the Vietnam War. My earliest memories uh, going further were, were uh, protests for, uh, for gay rights, for women's rights, for just, just for, for reproductive rights. rights. And, 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 and seeing, seeing remember, remember those protests the way they were, how they had specific uh, grievances when they made specific demands and sometimes seeing change sometimes not seeing change sometimes seeing a change as great as the end of a of, an, uh, of a war that we shouldn't have been in uh, that that was amazing and then moving ahead to Occupy Wall Street and seeing the way that was done and thinking you know am I just like too old for protesting now because I'm not getting it am I just too old for this because I don't want to be part of it. And now seeing what's happening now, it's like, no, I'm not too old. They were just fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, you know, you don't really think about it, but like there's a right way to protest and there's a wrong way to protest. Occupy Wall Street was a perfect example of how not to do it. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of anger and a lot of frustration, but you have to, like, you have to put. You gotta for ask for something pizza. more than pizza. Other than pizza, <laughs> what do we want? Pizza. When do we want it? With some pepperoni. <laughs> oh, when? Uh, now. <laughs> so yeah, it was. I was I was extremely disappointed with Occupy Wall Street. I I mentioned my experience with it earlier. Like, I walked by, had some beads thrown at me, said Budweiser on it. I'm like, this is not the intended purpose or was it i don't even know anymore <laughs> mhm mhm and let's look at some of the some some movements that might not have uh 
been so clear as to what the intent was. Let's say civil rights. When you say civil rights, what does that mean? A lot of people are like, uh, you know, I don't know what that means. And so it was broken down. One, we're not, we don't want to sit in the back of the bus. Two, we don't want to have separate uh, fountains for, for black people and for white people. We don't want to, we want an end to segregation in the schools. It was, we were, they were taking on specific issues one by one by one, sometimes a, a cluster at a time. But they were saying, this is what we want to change specifically. And this is how it can change specifically. Yes. And it's, it's really encouraging that the protests now uh, really get that, really, really um, shine the light on not just the issue, but specific things that can go toward making things better. And so we that, need a change in policing specifically. Let's start with banning chokeholds. It is so specific. Yeah. And that's what's needed for a protest to work. If you don't ask for anything, you're not going to get anything. Basically, you just you're just uh, you're like um, uh, Homer, uh, Homer's dad from The Simpson yelling up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but in a large yep. crowd, full of every yep. of people yelling up at the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I bitch about Occupy Wall Street a little bit more. I think it brought in a lot of people who just didn't want to live with their parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so harsh. Um. Harsh? Yes. Are you t are you lying? No, you're not. <laughs> you saw all the tents out, <laughs> all the tent CDs out there in Zuccotti Park. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What was the real purpose of of uh, of that? Like, it wasn't so much. Uh, it was an occupation, but it was also like basically kind of the the makings of a. A kind of city within itself and we all knew like that was something that was not going to last and it just like shied away from whatever the intended purpose of Occupy was there's a difference between giving up the comforts of your home to stand out and make a difference there's a difference between giving up the comfort of your home to be on uh, to be on the front lines uh there's a difference between that and, uh, <laughs> should I say it? Not having a home to start with. I mean, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said it. Man, I've been holding this in a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I never, never vocally supported them, but I, I never, I never was so harsh with Occupy Wall Street as I have been this hour. And you know what? It's because, uh, uh, because of the 
tremendous difference I'm seeing with what's happening on the protests now. The, the just how how happy I am with seeing how things are done. How I'm seeing my anger, the anger of so many of my friends, the anger of so many people in my family being channeled the right way, mm. the right way. And yeah, I am. You know, I said it. I said it before I started talking about this, that economic iniquity has been the greatest scourge in humanity since the dawn of trade. I believe that to be true. I think it, it, is, it is responsible for why we have drug companies uh, charging ridiculous amounts of money to poor people that can't afford the medication that's supposed to keep them alive. Meanwhile, these guys are just making fucking hand over fist money i get it there are real problems but we have to break it down and say this is what has to change i would love to see this this problem addressed in a way that'll make a difference i'd love to see it but it didn't happen that time right it was it was all for show basically Yes, yes, was, uh, and uh, and and I will say that no, I was not on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Time proved that uh, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, here's a, a specific. Ch uh, well, actually, there's only ten minutes left, so I'm going to ask you first. And then if there's time, I'll go into mine. Specific changes that you would like to see. Uh, within the current situation or just, uh, just as a whole? Or like Either. anything in particular? Um, definitely with you on defunding a police. Um, uh, uh, going back to what we spoke about earlier in the show... Um, strengthening the community boards and strengthening community-based initiatives. Thing like putting money, <clears throat> excuse me, actually putting in putting money into the community to bring more uh, bring more change to the community. Like speaking up, like communities, community boards, um, being able to like speak up for the little guys and having better representation in local government. It just we got like we basically have to start from the bottom and work upwards, and that's oftentimes how change is going is going to be made. So like, basically not just um, not just um, more money going into the communities, but those that live in those communities engaging more in everything that's happening in the community. Um, I have the good fortune of knowing who my uh, assembly person is because she, up until the, up until all this happened, had monthly community meetings to let everyone in the community know what was being worked on in Albany and what initiatives she should bring back to Albany. And so much change happened with uh with her engaging with the community but and it was it's 
absolutely beautiful, but unfortunately, so ma so few people actually know that these meetings take place. Like they happen every month at a uh, local school auditorium. But um, turnout uh, turnout is usually pretty decent, but not nearly as good as it could be. So I think more community engagement among um, local politicians and the community itself where it brings so much change and so uh, so much progress so that's something that's something that's that i like i came to realize is incredibly important as uh, as of late so that's something really on my mind that's excellent and and uh, and i do think we're going to see a strengthening uh, and a, and a more more interested in community board meetings and in community boards. At least I hope so. I have something extremely specific that I want to see changed, and that is the uses the use of police uh, body cameras. Why the fuck is it that when there's a body camera footage that supports uh, a good arrest that uh, that 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 footage is available like that but when the footage is of a shooting the footing footage is of a taser the footage is of something where the police did something wrong one the cop gets to review it privately before it's released before it's released to the to the to any kind of review boards so what so that they can have some time to come up with uh, okay here's what actually happened i know it looks like this i mean why are they given that time why, why do they get to watch it first that's fucking bullshit what, what is the point of having the body camera footage if the police are giving an opportunity to come up with some other explanation of what they're seeing and why does it take so long when it's a it takes you know like i said if if, if it's something that exonerates a police officer uh, and shows that they did something right in an arrest the the footage is, is available like that but right now there have been requests that are going back three months 90 days we've been we've been asking for this footage 90 fucking days in some cases and and it's and it's not being seen it's not being released and uh we have the technology to have access to this in real time that's right. what i want yeah, i was getting ready to say like technology is at a point where like everything like any incident could be uploaded to the cloud to like a, uh either a local or a statewide database and whatever uh whatever footage um gets recorded can go straight up to the cloud there's there's wi-fi everywhere there's cell service everywhere there's no reason why it couldn't happen Another thing, uh, another thing that I would like to see, I'd like to see the option of turning off the body camera stopped. Yeah, what the fuck is that option like, about? Like, <laughs> why, why are you given the option to turn off your body camera? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? If you're taking a dump, all the people are going to see you the fucking front of the stall. It's not exactly. like you need that for privacy. Bullshit. You know? Yeah, it makes it... Stop having the ability to turn it off and have it available in real time. Think of... I mean, you tell me if this is out of the realm of possibility or if I'm just like in my own la-la land. I just... Oh, fuck. I'm going to get emotional. But fine. 
I think that if 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 we had real time body cameras that that enough people would have seen George Floyd as it happened where it's possible that that the precinct would be flooded with calls within two minutes and then uh, order would come down within a minute and it would have been three minutes on that man's neck and not eight and he could still be alive today. I think it's possible that if we had that oh, if we did things that possible. way. It's absolutely possible. That is absolutely possible. Like there's enough there's enough bandwidth like cell companies have put enough cell towers like our cities and towns are flooded with cell towers there's no way that that couldn't happen hey we have three minutes (laughs) okay let's do it (laughs) uh lucas can you hear me oh wait lucas can't hear me you're on you're on headphones (laughs) And you and you can you can't hear <laughs> Calvin because we're on headphones. But uh, okay, um, hi everybody. I just wanted to check in from eating disorder treatment and tell everybody that I'm doing well. Um, I I go to uh, Renfrew, which is a great place to go if you're suffering from eating disorders. And um, yeah, what do you want to say? <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh. Uh, anything else that you, that you wanted to, anything else that you wanted to, to, to talk about? Um, well, um, right now, um, I'm going through refeeding symptoms, which is just like, you know, complex. It's, um, it's really, you know, eating disorders are incredibly harmful. You know, they, um, my EKGs are off. Um, you know, I really encourage anybody who's suffering to get help. And, you know, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done, but I think it's, you know, really the best thing I've done. And um, it's where, you know, Francis, you can, you can speak on how, what much has changed my life. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I know that you were, you were dangerously thin. Uh, and I know that 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 can lead to that can lead to heart problems. That can lead to death. And I'm very proud of you for reaching out, for getting some help, for being where you are right now. I know that it's very difficult for you. I know it's difficult for us. But I think it's important that uh, that people who are in trouble, no matter what's going on in the world, recognize it and reach out for help. And we have to wrap up the show now. But uh, okay, great. But uh, we love you. We miss you. We're proud of you. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back again next week for another hour of Safe Space Radio. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And Lucas, if you want to hold on.